Welcome back to the Thermo Diet Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Miller, and today I have Mr. Tyler Woodward on the podcast again. So today uh, we talk about the stress adaptation cycle in the realm of fitness specifically. So we're going to be looking at uh, the benefits that uh, stimuli or some kind of stressor uh, on the body can have in terms of uh, fitness and muscular hypertrophy and things like that. So Super excited to dive into this one. So let's get into it. Tyler, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, Jaden? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Uh, beautiful weather here in Colorado. So um, one of the things that we are going to talk about today is uh, fitness, right? Yep. So today I'd really like to talk about the stress adaptation cycle and basically the idea that in order to change your body, how I like to refer train the change to make physical adaptations, to your body that improve your ability to recover, not only, but stronger, faster, bigger, all that stuff and how to program that into a healthy diet and or an optimal diet and lifestyle. Yeah. I think one of the things that might be good to touch on in this conversation is the difference between regular stress that we talk about and kind of the metabolic sphere of health versus like, um, the hermetic stress that we're seeking in training. Um, can you kind of elaborate on the differences there? Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly think they're, they're very similar. A lot of aspects, the difference is that the stress of a lifestyle stress is something that you pretty much don't want to avoid. Like there's really no benefit in lifestyle stresses. It's not intentional. So like, and in generally they're going to result in the exact same processes of hormones being released, cortisol, stress, adrenaline, and, and whether that's mental or physical, um, the difference is how the, metab- the metabolic accumulation of these stresses. Okay, awesome. So you would say the main difference there is just the intentionality of the stress versus the kind of like um, non-invited stress? Um, so, I mean, it's like, at the end of the day, it's all stress in your body and it's in the same zone but like one of them you get a positive benefit out of having a really stressful lifestyle eating food that really stresses your body i don't see any benefit to it i I don't think you would agree like there's no there's no pro you're not it's not something you're going to be able to recover from and be better at eating it's just something that's just going to tax your body the idea from the i mean the main idea behind training in general right is there's the equation stress stimulus stimulus plus recovery equals adaptation so the idea is to make physical changes. So like adaptations, the two primary ones in muscle growth are sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, which literally means cellular swelling, means more glycogen and glucose in your muscles and water. So it's like the pump. And there's myofibrillar hypertrophy, which is when you like break down the contractile proteins. So they build back stronger and that's more strength-based, being able to lift more weight. And there's also a couple of them. But so the idea is that you can target these stresses that result in those effects. So for myofibrillar hypertrophy, you're going to want to work in the area where your muscles are lengthened. So it's like the bottom of a bench press, the bottom of a squat. Um, for lats, it's going to be the top up of a movement, like the very end of a pull down when the joints are furthest away, because that's when they're most efficient at contracting more or less. And that's, you're going to be able to accumulate the most tension on those muscles when they are most, when they're able to contract more, more efficiently versus metabolic stress, which is what you accumulate from, um, for sarcoplasma hypertrophy is much easier to perform or accumulate in the short position because it's really inefficient for the muscles to contract there 
because they're so tight and close together, they have to overcome a lot of pressure from to literally like walk those miles in uh, active mouse and bridges. So it's very, it takes a lot of energy for not as much like tension on the muscle. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. At one point I thought it was a bad thing. I thought it was just inefficient, but you're taxing your muscles ability to produce muscle or sorry, to produce energy, which is different than, and they all build up on each other. Right. So in order to continually make progress in the weight room, in aesthetically strength, and even at, uh, for athletics, you need to, the best way to do is to target your limiting factor. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of go into whenever you're talking about LinkedIn and shortened position, can you define those for the people who may not know? Yeah. So every muscle attaches to two bones, right? And you can contract the muscle. So like the easiest way to think about it is flexing your bicep and you're bringing, so bicep attaches to the bottom of your forearm or the top of your forearm and the top of your shoulder. And when you contract it, you're bringing those two joints together. So that's what I'd say is like your hand, your fist towards your face. But when you fully lengthen a bicep, it's going to be as far away behind you. So your palm is going to be a little bit behind your body and joints are going to be in a basically a straight line. You're going to have those two joints are stretched like a rope. I like, so I like to consider muscles like a rope. That's my favorite analogy. You can shorten the muscle, which is going to shorten like a, like it's hanging from a dog's mouth. It's going to be a loose rope versus you can pull it taut. That's when the two joints are too furthest away. And then some muscles attach to multiple joints. It's like the biceps are involved in both elbow flexion, like bringing your arm towards you. And then a little bit in shoulder flex and bringing your arm up towards your face. Um, so those might, it's, typically you have to do multiple exercises for multi-joint exercises to fully lengthen them or fully shorten them. Because it's just harder to do one range of motion or with one exercise, just because how gravity and cables work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so like, what are the different types of stresses that we can initiate on the body in order to promote positive adaptation yeah so i mean i don't wouldn't necessarily refer to it as a positive adaptation unless that's what you're going for right because it is a stress in the body and the idea is like as you said you don't want to overstress your body which is the nice part about periodization is because you're just always going for your weakest link so that also helps to not tax your body as much but it also can improve your recovery so as you're saying um when you're in that shortened position where it's like that flex bicep position where you're getting that really strong contraction it's really inefficient to uh muscles aren't able to produce a lot of force there so you end up accumulating a lot of lactic acid which as we know isn't the greatest thing but that signals to your muscles and your brain if you can recover from it so if you don't overtrain that you need to increase your glycogen stores in that muscle locally um the training program i'm currently doing is actually more of a systemic program so the idea is that the only organ basically that's able to break down lactic acid in the body is the liver i believe correct Jaden? can you repeat that Oh, the liver is the only organ that can break down lactic acid. I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I believe, I believe at least primarily the livers will break down lactic acid. So the idea in the systemic program, which is more like a circuit based kind of thing is you're taxing, taxing a lot of muscles. So you're not killing anyone individually, like not taking any muscle to necessarily failure. You're basically just trying to be out of breath from working out. That's like kind of the end goal of the workout to get accumulate a lot of lactic acid as a system. So maybe your biceps, triceps, legs, back, whatever. So you're trying to tax your liver's ability to break down lactic acid. And that the goal of that is to increase your glycogen stores in your liver. So that just means you systemically, your whole body as a system has more energy to work with. Okay. Interesting. So how would that be beneficial in the long run? 
So that's, yeah, that's a great question. So basically it just gives you an ability to do more work. So oh, the idea, like at one point, everyone's just like, you can't just linearly increase volume, right? Because if you just, let me just add a set, let me just add a rep, let me just add some weight. You're just going to be in the gym for six hours a day at some point. But so what this glycogen stores let you do in your muscle, especially, and in your liver, it lets you do more work in a shorter amount of time because you can lift heavier weights. You have more energy to do more reps and you have more energy to do a couple more exercises maybe, or a couple like intensive supersets within the workout. And that's definitely the biggest benefit because you can, it's just more efficient to tax it. And again, it's a lot less taxing at recovery. So one of the cool things about increasing your glycogen stores, not as much locally, like in a given muscle, but in your liver is it should literally improve your sleep quality. Cause as you know, like your blood sugar drops as you sleep because you're not eating anything, but now you have an increased glycogen store. So you have more sugar to break down that can replenish your body throughout the night, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You can also make it longer in between meals too. That too. Yeah. And yeah, and also, I mean, one of the benefits is like you can do like a real recomp with with this kind of training because you're going to accumulate glycogen stores in in your muscles and in your liver, which is going to also increase the amount of water and glucose that's stored in them, which means you're literally going to basically trade off some fat that's in those areas for some extra energy, which helps you get that like that pump that the quote unquote like fake size people talk about. But it's not I mean, it is like it's not going to make you stronger but it's going to potentiate. So like let you get stronger down the line. Mm. So that's where it all just like comes in like cyclically. Okay. And so what kind of training would you call that if, the, if we're trying to target that? So I would call, call it metabolic training because you're just trying to accumulate metabolites like lactic acid. And then you could break it down to local, which would be like, so if, if I was going to do local metabolic, it would be like taking a muscle where let's say like biceps, the easiest one, but you could do like oh, leg extensions for quads or like hamstring curls or hamstrings. And it would be going, probably going to failure once, but doing like six sets with like very short rest periods, maybe 30 to 60 seconds. Cause you're just trying to accumulate a lot of like pump, a lot of fluid. You're not necessarily trying to like really overwork the muscle or like try train for maximal strength. You're just trying to accumulate a lot of metabolites, make sure there's a lot of contractions in a short period of time. So longer period of time is much better for strength and hypertrophy, like muscle growth work, but it's not necessarily the goal of metabolic work. Okay. So if we weren't necessarily worried about metabolic work, we were just worried about actually increasing the size of the muscle itself. How'd we do that? So yeah, you're going to want to work in more of the lengthened positions. Like I said, so uh, 90 degrees is pretty much always we're very joint is pretty much the length in position um actually that's not a joke the lats are off top that was a bad but so like for the quads hamstrings are at 90 degrees is when they're like fully stretched so when you stretch a muscle that is its fully length in position if you can think of it that way and you're going to want to do exercises that are extremely stable because that means you can accumulate more tension um the more more unstable a exercise is basically the less weight you can do the less range of motion you have because you have to your nervous system, your brain actually has to coordinate all the stabilizer muscles. So the more work your brain has to do to stabilize the movement, the less output you can get out of your muscles, which is why I'm such a huge fan of like hack squats and pendulum squats, because you can go to town and get every last ounce out of those muscles. And so for those you're going to want to have, you can, I mean, if theoretically, if you could take 10 minutes between sets, it's the bet, like the more rest, the better, right? Cause you're just going to be more fresh. Obviously no one has that kind of time because it's just not realistic but so uh the way i've been doing it recently is i've been supersetting like three minutes rest between two exercises 
So you have like maybe a hack squat and then superset a bench press. So you'd have six minutes rest between sets of the same exercise, but you only have three minutes between like between sets of, uh, of the two exercises, if that makes sense. Okay. And one thing that's also really interesting. And like the thing I like to say about the fitness industry is like everyone has been right. So they've just had one piece of the puzzle. So like maxing out for like powerlifting and stuff, I still prefer like more stable movements. Like I'm not a huge fan of barbell squats. I would much rather a hack squat or a pendulum squat if you have access to it, but you don't by all means use a power squat. But like doing very low repetition work isn't great for accumulating mechanical tension, which is what you need to break down the muscle fibers, but it's really good at literally building the scale of lifting and contracting your muscles. So like every once in a while, especially as like maybe after you do a uh, strength training program, you want to do a more low rep phase, let's say three to five, maybe two to five, and do like four to six sets, not necessarily going to failure, because that's going to really tax your body, but literally just practicing having great form and using recruiting those muscle fibers that you just added on, you just grew. Okay. So do you have an example of like what a workout would look like for each of these? Yeah. So I'll, I'll just talk about the last one real quick. So this is the fifth one. So we have covered local and systemic metabolic work. So that's like the pump work. Then we have myofibular hypertrophy, which is like the strength work in terms of muscle growth. Then we have neurological, which is like literally your mind getting better at, at recruiting your muscles and lifting weights. And then the fifth one is, this is the, probably the most theoretical, but I think it's also the coolest, is myonuclear domain, which is basically the idea. So it's used to be uh, considered a bad thing to accumulate me mechanical damage, which just means like you're really overstressing your system. But the thought process behind this is that you're actually, like, the, the inflammation that you're recruiting or occurring in those mechanical damage might signal that you, to your cells that to produce more mitochondria and more nuclei, which doesn't directly make you stronger or um, bigger. But down the line, it's going to allow you to have more controls and more resources, more literally more furnaces and for mitochondria in that aspect to potentiate more muscle growth. Um, you definitely want to be doing this in a bit like a two week period, a very short period, because you don't want to overkill your body. But it's just going to something that very well can help you get grow more down the line and continually grow. And I think it's really interesting, as I said before, like everyone's like a little bit been a little bit right in the fitness industry. So if you can just like accumulate all these things linearly, you're going to have a lot less stress in your body. Like you're switching up which joint positions you're working in length and versus shorten length and tend to be a little bit harder in the joints. But that way you're not like killing yourself any one time. You're just always work training really hard, training really intensely. And this way, like you deload instead of like taking a couple of weeks off, you deload to another stimulus. So you're still getting just as much out of it. It's just another way to tax your body. You have an example of that. So what would a deload to another stimulus look like? Yeah. So basically you're just going to kind of want to switch between the five. So the way I like to think of it is first, I would probably do a, a systemic conditioning. So where I'm trying to increase the glycogen stores in my liver, then, so that's going to help me break down more lactic acid as I accumulate the muscle fibers. So then I would go to a local one. So now I have that glycogen in the liver. I can try and get a, accumulate a lot of lactic acid in my, each of the muscles and get more glycogen there. Now that I have a, I've maximized my glycogen stores, hopefully I would go to a mechanical tension phase. So that's where I'm in the lengthened position, accumulate like a lot of volume, probably like anywhere between like four to six sets and going close to failure on most of the sets, but only going to failure on maybe the last one or two. And if you're advanced, you could consider doing like a drop set there. I'm going to be lengthened positioned for the 
mechanical tension, my like muscle strength building work uh, versus the metabolic student really being the shortened position. And then, so then you could, you could choose to go back to metabolic depending on how you're feeling. The neurological work is probably going to be a little more stressful on the joints. Same thing with the neurological or sorry, the, the nuclei and mitochondria, my nuclear domain stuff. That's going to be like the most stressful in my opinion, just because my, for the neurological, you're just lifting really heavy weights real intensely. And the myonuclear domain, you're literally just trying to overstress your body basically, which is uh, something that you don't want to do for a long term. So those you're going to really want to pick and choose. Um, I would probably say neurological, especially if you had a very successful phase of uh, accumulated mechanical tension. So you got a lot stronger in that myofibular hypertrophy phase, the strength building. It might be worthwhile to take a, like a couple weeks and literally get practice basically uh, recruiting those muscle fibers. So you're not necessarily like going for getting, you're just trying to get stronger mentally, basically you're trying to get better at using those muscle fibers, not necessarily trying to grow or change your body at that point. It's really just trying to change your nervous system, which is a really interesting concept. And then maybe if you want to throw in um, the myofibular hypertrophy, if you're feeling good, um, do two weeks of mitochondria and nuclear work just to, you know, keep that ball rolling and potentiate more work. Yeah. So what do each of these look like in a workout? So like if you were going to do each of these at a day at the gym, what would it look like? Yeah. So the, so let's start in the order I said, basically. Um, so the systemic conditioning is going to be ideally you want to do shortened position workouts, but the big idea is that you want to just take your muscle groups to a large range of motion, and accumulate a lot of fatigue. So you're probably doing like two supersets with like very short rest periods. So let's say like maybe you're doing Romanian deadlift, superset, um, bench press, and then uh, biceps, superset delts. Um, and the key is obviously like you don't want to overtax your nervous system. So again, the more stable of a movement you can do, typically the better, just because it requires a lot less stability from in coordination from your nervous system and those kind of things. The goal here is to kill your basically your liver and not not to attract your nervous system. So it's going to be like those big compound movements and with very short rest periods and higher reps. Um, and then the local metabolic is going to be very similar, but it's going to be more so you're going to focus on one muscle group at a time. So you would be hitting, let's say, easiest just to look at like a leg extension or a bicep curl or a high bicep curl. Um, you're going to probably do like anywhere between like three to six sets and you want to do very short rest periods in between, but you're not going to superset anything. You just want all of that lactic acid, that pump, to stay there. So you probably do like 30 seconds between sets. It's compared to the uh, systemic, which you're going to be doing more like a minute because you're supersetting or probably two minutes, honestly, because you're supersetting with another exercise. And then you go to mechanical tension. So like I said before, mechanical tension, the more you can rest, the better pretty much. Um, if you have time to not superset anything, I would do that. If you can live in the gym for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, but most people it's not realistic so i would superset just to if you want to superset superset to like a very opposing muscle groups so like maybe legs and back or legs and chest delts and back something like that or calves and something just because you you want to hit everything you just don't want to you don't try try to not overlap as much is the goal and so those are going to be very like lengthened by positions so like bench press um whatever i said delt shoulder press for the delts Lats are going to be out in front of you or anything for the back is going to be out in front of you with a reach. And those are going to 
so generally you want to keep the reps as low as possible there because you want the weight high as possible. Um, it's the reps really are going to be determined the rep range by the movement. So like it's, you can use like a lunge, for example, to do mechanical tension, but obviously you're going to have to keep the reps higher because no one can, it's extremely hard to lunge hundred pounds on each side with dumbbells because it's just a very unstable movement. But if you can change that to a hack squat, now I can maybe go from 12 reps on a lunge to five to eight on a hack squat, just because it's so much more stable. Um, and those are going to be like five to six sets probably or four to six sets at least. And it's always good to start low and just keep adding sets in as you want to progress. Um, and then you want at least probably three minutes between those exercises. And then neurological, I would say it's literally going to be like a practice, like a practice strength kind of thing. So you're not going to kill yourself on any of these sets, except maybe the last one, but uh, you really don't need to, in my opinion. And the idea is that you're just going to maximize, like go as heavy as you can for like the three to five rep range, but you don't want your form to break. You want your form to be pristine. You, you want to pause at the very bottom. Um, and this is the same thing with mechanical tension because you just want to be in control. The, when you're using momentum and all that stuff, especially out of like a lengthened position, technically just like using your joints to like, to like pop it right out. And that is, isn't a bad thing in some cases, especially for like powerlifting, because their goal is to lift as much weight as possible. But if your goal is to strengthen and improve your coordination as much as possible with your muscles, the, then you should try and control it. It's like you want to be moving that weight. You don't want that weight moving you at all. And then last, like myonuclear do domain. So that like the really inflammatory stuff is you're basically going to be going to failure on like heavy ass exercises. And um, the way I would pro I probably program it in a very similar way to like mechanical tension, except you're going to want to be using like drop sets or um, coach Kasim calls them cast sets. I believe that's more metabolic work, but you're just trying to just accumulate like a ton of inflammation basically, just so you signal to your body to, like make those, hopefully make those new nuclei and mitochondria so you get more muscle growth down the line. Awesome. So what are you currently working on right now? So I'm currently doing the systemic training um, and I'm trying to, uh, am I in a fat loss phase? So it's, it's obviously, ideally you want to be probably, pretty much all of these, you want to be at least maintenance calories, especially in the myonuclear domain and mechanical tension, like the muscle strength building. You really want to be in a surplus, at least some kind of surplus. The uh, metabolic work, you can kind of get away with being in a deficit recomp or um, bulk, depending on your goals. But currently, I'm doing the local, uh, the systemic, so I'm trying to increase my glycogen stores in my liver. And then I'm going to move to more local stuff to get more of that pump. And I'm trying to finish cutting by the end of August, hopefully, and then start some muscle building. Yeah, I just think that you shouldn't cut at all, but that's just my opinion. So. <laughs> Hey, I mean, cutting sucks, but having abs is cool. You wouldn't know, though. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess so. Yeah. Interesting. So um, if someone was going to go look for resources on, like, where to learn more about some of this stuff, where is some of the first places that you direct them? Yeah, so hopefully we'll be having some more stuff in Umzu Fit. But I mean, Coach Kasim and N1, I'm looking forward to taking their certification and learning a lot more about this stuff because I think they're the top of the industry right now. Um, they're, they're Coach Kasim and his, and his two right-hand men, which is Cody Moxley, CJ, and Adam Miller. They're the cream of the crop right now. They really know their stuff in terms of both muscle building and strength gain. Like I said, it's kind of 
everyone ha- had a one piece of the puzzle. They just didn't put them all together. Coach Kasson was like putting them all together. And he's also debunking a lot of really crappy exercises. There's very few bad exercises. It's a lot of like inefficient exercises, but he, he's like really changing the industry. And I really see him being the leader in the next couple of years. Nice. Do you have an example of an inefficient exercise? Yeah. So um, frog pumps, when you have like, so the glutes are primary hip extenders. So they literally like imagine like a sprint, like you want the glute drives your knee up or sorry, not drives your knee up. So if you, if you raise your knee when you're standing and then go all the way back down, like behind your body, that's like what your glute does. It extends your hip up and down. Um, frog pumps, put it in like a really externally rotated position. So you're like making a triangle and then you're basically just doing a bridge and the glutes don't externally rotate as like everyone thought that for a long time. It's just, they don't, they all they do is extend the hips back like a Romanian deadlift and push them forward. Um, so I think ass out, then back in. And so this is a, a quote unquote sensation based exercise because you're putting the glutes in a very short position. Like I said, it's very inefficient. It's like, but you're also really going against the mechanics of the body in that position. So like a bridge is the same thing, just not externally rotated. And it's a much better position exercise to get that shortened position the large degree of external rotation is just really destroying your hip mechanics so you're kind of like telling your nervous system to contract in the opposite way it wants to okay um that's like a a really bad exercise i i saw it i saw these guys posting it i mean and like you the problem is that a lot there's a lot of sensation-based movements so like a lot of people like like doing this bicep high bicep curl because they get a really good pump in it which isn't a bad thing but it's not the only thing you want to go for. Um, a lot of times, like very unstable movements, your nervous system contracts muscles very hard, literally just to protect them because they're in a very dangerous position. So like, like in that like frog pump, knees out, ass up position, it's like a highly unstable at the joint. So your muscles literally contracting your glutes to like stabilize the pelvis. So it doesn't lose all the tension and just spontaneously combust as Coach Eugene Tio says. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to do these in a specific order, how would you kind of start that rotation, so to speak? Yeah. Well, so um, N1 education, like the coach cast, it's really all on what you've been doing last, right? Because you and I could do the same training stimulus. I could tell you, like, we should both start here. And depending on what you've been doing, so let's say you've been doing P90X. If we go to this systemic metabolic conditioning, P90X was, like, really Mm circuit-based, you're not going to get anything out of it. I'm lifting my cat. You've been lifting a cat? Okay. Have you ever heard that P90X joke? No. In his videos, that's one of the, that's one of the things that he does. He He's like, grab your cat or grab your kid and let's get after it. Dude, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's really I, I remember I did uh, Sean T's Insanity when I was in like, I guess maybe freshman year of high school. And I remember my family went on this bike ride and I was just joking around the whole time, like yelling at them, like, you got a wallet, get down. Like, just like, he would just yell at people. Which is like, I mean, it's fun. It gets you to work out, but um, probably not the best for any kind of muscle building or even local conditioning. But so like, back to the main point, like the stimulus that you need the most is the one you probably haven't been doing. So like for girls generally, I would say do some like really heavy work um, because girls like to do this like pump stuff, like this glute stuff where it's like really low rep or sorry, really high rep, like unstable movements a lot of time. And they will probably like skyrocket, especially their glutes, do a, a leg press with your feet high and in that's going to really target hip flexion. So it's a lot of glutes. I've been doing that a lot or like a 45 degree extension, which is pretty good too. And not like a bridge or like a short exercise muscle because they just have 
have been doing so much of the circuit work and like the shortened position work just because that's like what the industry tells them to do right now. And if they decide to like change their stimulus, they're going to grow so much so fast because they've like, they've probably maxed out their, their, their stimulus from this metabolic work, right? Like if you can't just keep I me, mean, maybe you can keep chugging along, but it's going to be slower and slower and slower progress versus if you keep changing it up and not muscle confusion, but like changing the, the stress you're putting on your body, then you're changing the way you recover from it basically. Right. Which is going to change the adaptation. So it's just, um, that's a really good thing. Um, so if you've been doing like more strength-based work, like powerlifting, definitely go for metabolic. If you've been doing more pump-based work, um, go for like the mechanical tension. And honestly, pr probably for, except unless you're like peaking at a powerlifter, I think probably everyone could do some neurological work, just literally practicing like those contractions because it's just going to make you better at literally everything else. Um, you're just going to get more control of your muscles and something I'm looking forward to doing. Also, I mean, I'm sure you love that kind of stuff. Just like absolutely repping out weight. Definitely. Yeah. Badass. So, um, what would you do? What would you recommend for somebody who is kind of like, a kind of like a dual sport athlete? So for example, someone who wants to work out a few times a week while also doing jujitsu. Um, well, first it's going to depend on what your priority is. So if you like, if it's 50, 50, um, I, I mean, the key, as you know, is like to just not overstress your body. Um, so you got to look at how you are feeling and which is like a really interesting thing that I've been learning from N1 that like your sleep and especially digestion is the two main things that they factor in. I think energy levels throughout the day. I don't, I don't know if they talk about that as much, but like if all of a sudden, maybe one day, like obviously we have bad nights of sleep and we have don't eat well one day, we go out and drink whatever and you feel bad maybe the next day or two. But if you're consistently feeling worse, you probably need to change up your conditioning. Um, for jiu-jitsu, I'm, jiu I'm actually developing like a mobility program because I think a lot of jiu-jitsu and fighters could, even from two days a week, strengthen their end ranges of motion. So like basically like the fully shortened position, but also the fully lengthened position. So like for triceps, obviously like your biceps are short, fully shortened here, but your triceps are fully shortened here and here, right, overhead. So if you can strengthen these end ranges of motion, I think it's going to be extremely beneficial, even for like getting out of like um, arm locks and stuff like that, because you have more strength there, but you're also going to be in a lot less pain just because you're taking your joints through a full range of motion. That's for jujitsu specifically. Um, and then it's really going to, like I said, it's like that's 50-50, like do two days a week, hopefully on days you're not doing jujitsu, if you can. And there are like, you can do home-based workouts with that like pretty easily just to take your joints through a full range of motion. And as I like to say, like lube them up, get them feeling good. Um, and it's like a lot of stuff like knees over toes, guys, like very kind of similar concept, basically just take your joints through a full range of motion. Most people haven't done a knees over toes lunge in like 70 years or ever. <laughs> so it's very hard at first, but all of a sudden, like after a couple of weeks, and that's very neurological too, because it's telling your nervous system, oh, okay, I can access the range of motions. And all of a sudden your joints are gonna be feeling good. Uh, maybe not from jujitsu because you know that kind of is pretty tough in your joints, but they'll be feeling a lot better and you'll be able to move much more confidently, much better. Um, otherwise, I, I mean, I think four days a week of training is more than enough for basically any goal. If you're new and you want to do more, um, have at it, just make sure you're recovering fine. But you're also like, when you're a new lifter, you're not putting as much stress in your body. When you think about it, like you lifting hundred pound dumbbells for five reps compared to someone putting 60 or 50 pound dumbbells up for the same amount of reps even though it might feel equally taxing on you, like the amount of tension you're accumulating is just 
different different league. So like you're gonna have probably a better ability to recover from it than he will. But at the same point, it's still like you're just accumulating way more fatigue. Um, so it really depends. Um, personally, right now what I'm I'm doing four days a week, and I try to do two three days a week. I do I just lift in the morning. I try and get as much like I, I, to my like you don't really. Sorry. Um, for jujitsu, the goal isn't to like stress your body, right? Like you're just trying to get better at jujitsu. So those are the kind of times when you might want to take some adaptogens or some stuff to keep your body from getting stressed out. So I like to meditate and get some deep breath after working out just to calm your body down, bring you back to like parasympathetic state. But if you want to take like cortigon is a great supplement, maybe be mucuna after working out, getting some glycine and orange juice, um, after jujitsu, cause that's just going to help to de-stress your body, help your body to recover a little bit more. Because the goal in jiu-jitsu isn't to stress your body. It's just to get better at the skill of jiu-jitsu. Um, so recovery is just going to be the biggest thing. I think if, you, if you're really trying to make gains four days a week and doing the same thing I recommended before, like rotating those stimulus, that's going to help you from overstressing any one of those systems and also just keep you, like, keep you progressing slowly over time. Um, if you want to just maintain the mobility program, which you can also get stronger and, and bigger and accumulate those adaptations. It's just not the goal. The goal is really just exercise your mind, kind of take your joints through a full range of motion two days a week. I think we'll have people feeling great, feel having their joints feel a lot better and keep them from in, getting injured in jiu-jitsu, especially. That's awesome. So what if they were doing something that is a lot more physically taxing? So like they were trying to work out and they had like a, high physically demanding job um so like you're saying like do a construction worker or something yeah or like roofing houses or something okay yeah i mean those are kind of a tough situation because obviously you have to keep track of your recovery hopefully like they're used to that very physical job and they can recover from it very easily but at the end of the day, if you're trying to, like I say, train the change, you still have to elicit those adaptations in the gym. You have to apply that stress in the gym. So it's just going to be teetering that line of trying not to overtrain, trying or really overtraining. I think it's kind of exaggerated. It's more under recovering most of the time because it's very hard to recover when you're working eight hour days after lifting. Um, I have, I landscape for a couple of years and I would lift before. I definitely recommend lifting before if, if your priority is making some gains because you're just going to be way more fresh. Then after a full day of hauling, um, what is it, roofing tiles, um, that is something you can do. And again, like just um, trying, trying to eat enough, cutting in those kind of things. I, when, if you're cutting, I would really cut back your training just because they would not, not necessarily cut back your training, but don't go too intensely because you're just not giving your body the nutrients it needs to recover. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be at a much higher risk for overstressing yourself versus if you're just pounding food in especially thermo quality, high quality food, you're going to have a much better ability to recover even with those demanding kind of jobs. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so yeah, I think one of the cool things that I'm really looking forward to is BMZ Fit, or we're going to call it thermo recomposition program. So like I said, like glycogen is really just carbohydrate stores. That's the way your body stores its primary form of energy. And I think most recomp programs are, eh. I would say most recomp programs are honestly pretty bad because like you're not in the surplus to gain muscle and you're not in the calorie deficit to lose fat, which is like the primary drivers of the two. But the idea of thermo, so like you're 
reducing inflammation. You're hopefully increasing your testosterone levels. Maybe you're increasing your metabolism a little bit. All of these things, so doing that nutrition and lifestyle stresses, getting rid of those, and now you're introducing the same ideas in the gym and you're consuming a lot of carbs because thermo is very heavy in carbs. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be dope. I think it's going to be really cool. I think people are going to see a lot of gains really quickly from it and feel great too, which I'm really excited for. Definitely. And that'll be out next couple of months, hopefully, or next couple of weeks. Heck yeah. That's going to be awesome. All right. You'll have to get on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that's really all the questions that I can think of today. Is there anything else that you wanted to hit on? Um, I uh, think that's about it. Awesome. Well, where can people find you as far as social media, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find me on, uh, on I run the Umzu Fit account, so make sure to follow there. And then uh, Tyler Woodward underscore fit is my newest Instagram handle. I just started that to uh, for the Umzu Fit coaches. So that's going to be fun to help grow and watch that grow. Heck yeah. Awesome. Also find me in the thermo diet groups and all that stuff too. Yeah, definitely. Make sure to check out all of his articles too. He is killing it with the writing. Um, so make sure to get as much knowledge as you can from him because he is definitely a good resource. Thank you. I appreciate that. RC is also pretty smart. <laughs> Learned most of it from him. So yeah, don't give me too much credit. <laughs> awesome all right guys all right, well thanks for having me Jaden. definitely thanks for listening everyone and we'll talk till next time thanks for listening to the podcast if you haven't already make sure to hit the like button subscribe and leave a comment down below if you want us to cover a different topic